Hello and welcome to In the Envelope, an awards podcast. I am your host, Jack Smart, awards editor at Backstage, the most trusted name in casting. I'm here to spotlight some of the most exciting film, television, and theater awards contenders working today. Who is in the running? What makes an awards-worthy performance? And how can you, my dear listener, win a statue of your own? We're sitting down for intimate, inspirational interviews with actors and artists to get that insider's perspective on these questions and more. It's an opportunity for some of today's most talented stars to share their craft and career advice, and maybe, just maybe, provide a tantalizing glimpse in the envelope. I'm interested in, in the extent of the human experience. Yep. So I think that basically anthropology, psychology, uh, sociology, yes. we're all, and, and uh, performing arts, we're all basically doing the same thing, just totally. using different methodology. Yeah. But the object of my study is the human experience. Right. And as an actor, that's what I do. So the Tony Awards were this last weekend. So yes, and give we me your appraisal. Backstages in the Envelope and Awards podcast is an awards podcast. <laughs> yeah, we want to be topical, and I want to uh, address the recent big award show. It's theater's biggest awards, um, the Antoinette Perry Awards, which honor Broadway's best. Yeah, they happened June 10th, and it was really fun. It was exciting. Yeah, it went. very glamorous. It was pretty glamorous, yeah. it's It's been many years now that I have attended Um and there were a couple surprises this year, but I was very pleased, of course, to see friend of the podcast, Lindsay Mendes, win yes. the Tony Award Excellent. for Featured Actress in a Musical for Carousel. I think it's down to you. It's just because of me. It's just because of this podcast. I was so thrilled that, I mean, I know it was a really tiny season of the, of you know, the mini season of Tony's episodes was so tiny because then we had to kind of squeeze them in before all the Emmy stuff. But it's always great to talk to theater actors. They yeah. know their stuff. Mm. And I thought those two actresses who were both nominated, they delivered just like first-rate advice to Absolutely. our listeners. I can't yeah. stop thinking about those interviews. Right. And the Tony Awards ceremony, yeah, it was a really fitting celebration of the best of Broadway. The band's visit did very well. It won Best Musical. Angels in America, of course, won a ton. After breaking the record for most Tony, Tony nominations ever for a production of a play, yeah. it won Best Revival, among many other things. My close friend, Nathan Lane, won a Tony Award. I'm very pleased about that. Just kidding. He's not my close friend. Nathan, if you're listening, I love you. <laughs> and of course, now we know what shoes not to wear to a casting, thanks to Lindsay. Yes, <laughs> yes. Talk about practical advice, yeah, right? Very. For those who haven't heard, uh, gone back and listened to our theatery ones, if you're not a theater actor, if you're filming TV, there's still a lot you can get out of those, I think, for sure. Mm. And also, like, we've talked about uh, voiceover and recording stuff before. All of the musical theater taking care of your voice stuff, that applies to... Definitely to voiceover mm. acting for sure. None of which has anything to do with today's guest. No, but it's current news. <laughs> Edgar Ramirez joined mm. us on the podcast today. Yeah, that what was great. That was. Yeah, he, um, uh, for those who don't know, he appears as Gianni Versace in FX's The Assassination of Gianni Versace, American Crime Story. I think I have that yeah. right. Season two of American Crime Story. 
which is Ryan Murphy's kind of miniseries, which is, is all about digging up like a recent bit of pop culture history and something kind of salacious and in this case, murdery. And I mean, it's a fascinating story as well. I yeah, mean, who knew? Yeah, exactly. I mean, lots of people did, but I didn't. No, I wouldn't, <laughs> no. And so, and watching this spectacularly made miniseries, mm. which stars Darren Chris, Ricky Martin, Penelope Cruz, mm. returning to TV as Donatella Versace, yeah. who's her friend. <laughs> that was brilliant casting. That's brilliant, yeah. yeah. Um, and Edgar Ramirez as, as, as the titular role, as the, he's killed in the first five minutes of the first episode of the show. Yeah. And then it kind of works backwards to explain a lot about Gianni, but a, a lot also about Darren Chris's character, Andrew Cunanan, who went mm. on a killing spree. Boy, it's dark stuff. Yeah. What <laughs> a tragedy. It's also very, very queer. Um, and I really liked that about the series, and I liked that about Edgar. He's so perceptive, and he's yeah. so intellectual. Yeah, he does a ton of research. And you were telling me that he's a, he was a journalist. That's how he absolutely got start. Yeah, his way into acting was really interesting. He's from Venezuela. Yeah, and he, while he was involved in some filmmaking and in some acting, and he was always involved in that world, the way that he officially got into it was was kind of a circuitous path. Before becoming a movie star, he's appeared in quite a few big screen projects. Mm. But now I think he's going to get some awards attention as Gianni Versace. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to jinx anything. Wow. I mean, who knows? Emmy nominations come out July 12th. Yeah. Hey, this is important for listeners to know. July 12th, Emmy nominations come out. And <laughs> Jamie and I and the and Casey and the people at Backstage, we, Casey and I very much are going to be tallying which in the envelope guests are nominated. <laughs> and to, to boast about who, you know. Who, yeah. who made that next step? And Get like, ready for some furious boast tweets. Oh, yeah. Oh, so-and-so <laughs> guest on the podcast was nominated for an Emmy. It's because of us. Just kidding. At you in the know. envelope. At in the envelope on Twitter. Envelope. Plug it every every time you every time you can. Um, yeah, this was a really great for... Um, I think this interview is good for the actors whose style of being an actor or of being a human is very brainy. Yeah. Um, people who learn that way and are really, really interested in um, doing intense research for a role. Mm. Edgar is a pro at that. Another one, yet another one where I feel like who knows how far they'll climb. And it's, wow, it's true that for that American crime story, it was really, it's sad. It's tragic. I think this interview is a little bit lighter in tone. Yeah, definitely. It had yeah. its intensity, of course, as yeah. you'd expect with Edgar, but uh, it yeah. was a fantastic interview. So I think we should let's hear it. Have a listen to it. Let's have a listen. This podcast is brought to you by Backstage, the world's number one casting platform. Listen, a lot of the guests on In the Envelope, an awards podcast, used Backstage at the beginning of their careers. It's how they are now in the running for Emmy, for Oscar, for Tony, etc. If you are at the beginning of your career as an artist, here's what you do. You go to backstage.com slash subscribe and enter the code envelope at checkout for a free 30-day trial. That's right. Free 30-day trial if you go to backstage.com slash subscribe and enter the code envelope. All you got to do then is make a profile, upload a headshot, and start applying to jobs to the thousands of casting notices that are uploaded every day, which you can filter online to match your specific talents, your specific needs, your specific looks. Get that dream started today. Check out that free 30-day trial, backstage.com slash subscribe, enter the code envelope. Let's do it.
Edgar Ramirez has appeared in Carlos, Zero Dark Thirty, Hands of Stone, and a number of other big screen projects, all while supporting causes in his native Venezuela and across the globe as an activist with an education in political journalism. He has now brought that nuance to the title role in The Assassination of Gianni Versace, American Crime Story, Ryan Murphy's latest FX miniseries exploring the murder of the fashion mogul in the 90s. Here it is, our interview with Emmy and Golden Globe nominee, Edgar Ramirez. How's life? Good. Busy day? Uh, yeah. Uh, yes. Are you doing press? Uh, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it never ends with television. I assume there's months and months of, with the timing of this show. Yeah. yeah. Before, during, and, and after, uh-huh. which I, I discovered. maybe another round doing, in June for Yeah, stuff? doing television, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's the first time that I do it, so now I'm realizing that yes. th- since you start, then you start doing press during the show, yeah. after the show, and oh, yeah. but it's good. You know, it's but a good the, show. So. Can't complain. Yeah, of course. I mean, you're promoting such an amazing show. It's It's... Jaw dropping. Thank you. Everyone's talking about it. Thank you very much for, for good reason. Um, and I do want to. I do want to get into it. But first, I want to ask mm-hmm. you about your journalism <laughs> mm-hmm. because you you are a journalist. Or you, would you say you were a journalist? Um, I'm a journalist. Yeah. I never really cool. goes away. Yeah. I mean, so do you? Did you do a lot of interviews? You you're very active in the political world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I don't interview people. Not not okay. not, not at the moment. Um, but mm-hmm. but I used to and. Um, and I think that um, that eventually, I it is very it is very easy for me to then jump on the other side of the, you know, of right. the interview. And I mean, I'm very curious. So I'm I'm, I'm always asking yes. questions. So like most so good just I have to re- reframe myself and yeah, kind of like okay, you're being interviewed, <laughs> not doing the interview. Which for me is more is more of a having uh, you know like a like a like a mutual mutually discovering you know conversation totally. which i think is what makes it even interesting for the audience indeed mm-hmm. that's what we're going for today yeah um you studied audiovisual i saw or audiovisual communication yeah yeah i mean i i um in in my in my university um up until maybe there cuz we go i don't know here in the us it, it goes by semesters or it goes by yeah generally by, generally right yeah so by the time by the time I was in in, um, in university, it was by year. So oh, okay. by the time you reached the third year, then you had to decide between uh, print journalism, oh, okay, public relations, so to speak, and audiovisual production. Mm. So I took um, audiovisual production, but I specialized in political communication. So that's cool. why. Um, so it was like my two big interests. It was politics yes. on one side, and also. Movie making and right. and, uh, and uh, you know image, yeah, mm-hmm. and sound. And that movie making side of things, you've described it as that was a hobby at first, until mm-hmm. enough people told you that this should be your career. Exactly. Career. Yeah. What was that? Mo- I mean, how did you make that decision? Well, I was um, uh, actually the last the last year of 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 university. I uh, I suddenly. A lot of my friends were making short films and and, and, and movies, you know, like university, like student movies. And mm-hmm. thank you very much, for my coffee. And uh, I I run on absolutely on same. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, and, and then and 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 although I was taking the same classes, for some mm-hmm. reason I was more focused on mm-hmm. politics and inter- international uh, affairs and, and business 
in the university. Mm -hmm. So, um, so my friends were making movies and they were making um, student movies and, and and short films. And then suddenly they started to ask, they started to ask me, Edgar, do you want to get involved? Yeah, you want to get involved? I mean, do you want to, you know, help out? Mm -hmm. And that's how I got involved. And then and then suddenly they said, do you? There was this friend of mine who said, Edgar, there's an experimental short film that I want to do. Mm -hmm. It was the explosion of internet at the time. Okay, you know, yes. believe it or not, uh, I started. Uh, I started university um, uh, typing my essays, and I ended up doing my thesis about marketing tools in internet. So oh, okay. it's like I, I'm the generation that. Just I'm before. actually, yeah. I mean, we were right. I mean, it's not. I'm not. I'm, I'm not. Of course, I'm not millennial. I'm not uh, a generation X. We're right, right. in the middle. Uh -huh. It's the people that had. Mm. Um, a childhood and the first part of their teens in an analog way, totally, and right. then a total, a, a total digital. You have to a, completely adulthood. change. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I remember that it was the beginning of that, and mm. then, and then he wanted to make a, a short film about um, virtual sex. Oh, yeah. Why? So uh, very demolition man kind of, and then very college, very, uh, very university. Yeah, yeah, and then. And then he said, do you want to do it? And I said, yeah, what do I have to do? Well, you have to put on that latex, latex suit <laughs> and then make out with this girl, you know? <laughs> and then I said, okay, who's the girl? And then he showed me the girl. I said, of course, is that all I have to do? Yes, that's all you have to do. And I said, okay, perfect, let's do it. It sounds like a, like a fun af afternoon. <laughs> and then I ended up doing the, uh, the, the, the short film, which then got an official selection for right. a movie festival in mm -hmm. my university that it was also international as well. I mean, we would invite different... Um, also students and, and work from students from all mm. over the region, from all over Latin America. Mm. Long story short, there was a juror um, from, uh, you know, from uh, the, 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 the festival. We invited, they, they invited people from all over Latin America as well mm -hmm. to be part of the jurors. And there was this guy who was a very popular uh, professor at a Mexican university. Right. And this guy saw me. Uh, the closing ceremony because my my short film ended up winning best cool. experimental uh -huh. um, short film and I even got a nomination as best actor and I right. all I did was just first. Like, yeah exactly all I yeah. did was just make out with this girl and and then you know and uh, I mean one I mean You're one day out. I mean that that short film haunts me one day it's gonna it's gonna come to the surface yeah where is it yeah I right. have to find it on it <laughs> honestly I have to find it um, I dyed my hair and everything it was very fun oh wow. So, and it was half naked, uh, actually total, total naked with a latex suit, everything, you know, it was all wow. see-through. Yeah. yeah. And That's a bizarre start. Yeah, to yeah. And then, again, long story short, he saw me, he said, Edgar, I didn't know that you were an actor. And I said, I'm not an actor. Uh -huh. I'm, you know, I'm, my friend asked me to do this. And, right. And then, and then he said, because uh, there's this movie that I'm writing and I'm also co-producing mm -hmm. and it would be great if you could come to Mexico and... And meet the director and oh, the, cool. and the rest of the producers because I think there's a good role that you could play. And I said, well, that would be great. But it was, mm. I wasn't an actor at the time. Right. It was hard for me to foresee it. I tried to go to Mexico, but I was doing my thesis and I was also traveling a lot because oh. I was actually applying to do uh, an internship, uh, you know, international court of justice, you know, wow. in the Hague. And, yeah. You know, I was completely my head was different. Yeah. yeah. And that guy turned out to be Guillermo Riaga, who turned out to be the writer of Amores Perros and 21 Grams and, right. and, and Babel and the Other Three Burials of Melchiades Estrada. Yeah, and, uh, and that movie was Amores Perros. 
So, right. so, so he, somehow he's my mentor. He's the one. Then two years later, mm-hmm. I was already working in politics in Venezuela. And then he came back to, to Caracas, the capital of my country. And, but this time he wasn't coming from Mexico. He was coming from Cannes and the movie that wow. he had, the possibility that he had offered me with Amores Sparrows. Amazing. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like you, he lured you, he had to lure you more than once. Yeah. And you were on another track. Yeah, I was on another track. And you had to kind of make that yeah. decision. And then, and then when he came back two years later, he showed the trailer of Amores Sparrows that mm-hmm. had, just, had just won the Critiques Week, the Critics Week in, at, um, in, at Cannes. Yeah. And then he showed the trailer to a bunch of friends at a friend's house and then and then paused the trailer and said, this could have been you. Oh. He pointed out to the character. <laughs> wow. and, then, and then that's how I make the choice. So next day we went to Central Park, the equivalent of some, mm. something like Central Park sure. in Venezuela. Kung Fu style, who was like the master and the pupil. We were walking. That's so cool. You know, side by side. And then he, he explained to me all the... All the disadvantages of becoming an actor. He said, "You're right. gonna be, you're gonna be out of a job by nature. Yeah, you're gonna be this unemployed. Is what you can expect. Yeah, by nature, one day <laughs> you'll be in a, in a, in a play and in a theater that only three seats out of 500, 500 seats will be. Yep, will have people, and sometimes you'll make movies and no one's gonna yeah. see. Yes, um, do you still want to do it? And I said, "Yeah, why not? Let's." Totally. Let's let's give it a shot, and here I am. And it's because you had that really strong mentor really pushing you, mm-hmm. but also it sounds like being realistic about the realities of being an actor. And like, yeah, no, I mean, exactly. He actually explained all the all the downside, right. of it. And he said, "Do you still want to do it?" And I said, "Yeah." I mean, what's the worst that can happen? Totally. Let's, let's give it a shot, and then. I mean, here I am. Without him, you, yeah, you would never have. You'd be. Running for office somewhere, or <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know about that, <laughs> honestly. But yeah, it would have been. I think that in the end, um, I remember when when I announced to my closest friends that I that I was going to to take a leave of absence uh, mm. on my mm-hmm. political work to become an actor. Some of them reacted harshly. So oh. are you crazy? I mean, you're yeah. you're having a great. I mean, you're building a great future. You know, in this field, what would you give it up for? I mean, it was hard for them to understand. Right, okay. And I thought at the moment that maybe it was going a little crazy at the time. Uh, but but first, I didn't want to wonder, you know, uh, 20 years mm. after, like, what what if? I preferred to just, gotcha. you know, do it. Yeah. And on the other hand, years later now, almost almost 15 years since since I became an actor, um, I realized that I'm basically I'm basically doing the same thing that I wanted, like it's the same interest right. that mm-hmm. I had um, and that and that drove me to, to politics and to social studies. And it's basically, uh, I'm, I'm interested in, in, in the extent of the human experience. Yep. So I think that basically anthropology, psychology, uh, sociology, yes. we're all, and, and uh, performing arts, we're all basically doing the same thing, just totally. using different methodology. Yeah. But um, but the but the, but the object of my study is the human experience, right. and as an actor, that's what I do. Right. It's almost it's like a politics. meta. It's almost like a meta journalism. I kind of like be, become yeah. the object of my of my interest. Right. And and you must investigate characters in that way. You must take a character and approach it almost like a journalist. Exactly. Like, Here's that, that, that's exactly what I do. Yeah. yeah. And it is all connected to politics. Every every. Yeah. on-screen representation of a story of a person's life it has political meaning. <laughs> yeah, because the, the thing is that there's no, I mean, cinema as 
as theater, of course, as, as mm-hmm. literature, architecture, fashion. Mm. I mean, it's it's basically a, a, it's a it's a it's a record. It's a it's 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 it's, it's a it's a print. It's a it's a it's a picture mm. of the times. Yeah. Um, if somebody would, if somebody w- would take a picture of the two of us right now. Mm-hmm. And then show it to the people in the future, like 50 years from now, yeah. just by the way we're dressed, mm-hmm. just by the way we maybe set up all the objects on the table. They right. would know. All these clues. They would know. They would have, they have clues, you know. Yeah, and, anthropology. Um, yeah. Exactly. So so I think that there and, – and, and, of course, we all live in in a political moment as well. And it's, it's always reflected. Even, even, by, even by shying away from politics, you're setting up an oh, yeah. agenda. Yeah. So the Saying fact you're that apolitical is yeah. Is so it's funny. It's funny when people say s- things like that. I mean, funny not in a not in a yeah. scornful way, but it's just you know interesting. Yes. I think it, that's the mo- most. Um, I think it's a, it's a better way to put it. Yeah. That when people say I don't I don't mess you know with politics like I don't mingle in politics. Right. Then well you're setting up an opinion Absolutely. already. Absolutely. There's you're your bent right there. Exactly. And it does seem like we're at this moment where are any any and all public fiz- figures are expected to engage or kind of all have that assumption where like no matter what even if you're taking a non-stance that's still a stance yeah it's a stance and and, and it's valid as well but especially for actors Mm because actors are as you say like they're representing different stories different Mm -hmm. lives Mm -hmm. and there's also just the Hollywood like fame aspect of it like at the beginning of that career when you made that choice Mm -hmm. was there also an aspect of like maybe down the line I could do real activist stuff as as an actor, mm-hmm. or was it more like I'm going to do the struggling actor thing, and hope to make a difference in some other way, and not through performing arts? Mm, you know, it, it's really one. It's, it's 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 one. It's one day at a time. It's one thing at a time. Mm. You know, uh, yes. I mean, it was very it was very difficult for me to to you know set out to to you know become an activist or to mm. or, or to anticipate the the, the 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 size of the platform that I could have I mean it, as a, as an actor I just wanted first to, to try it to see where this mm. was going to lead me and and then actually I, I I have been caught by surprise by the opportunities that my career as an oh. actor has offered me to then continue the work that I set out to do when gotcha. I was a political journalist and right. then when I worked in 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 political communication. Right. So, so it's, it's been a happy surprise. it's been yeah. a happy accident. I mean not that not that I never thought about it, but I right. would be lying if I said I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna build a career so that eventually I'll do this. You never know. Yeah. I mean who knows I mean who knows maybe maybe after two years I would have quit. I mean you don't you, you exactly. never know. Well, it's as you said one step at a time. Exactly. Yeah. And you didn't have the thought of like I wanna be famous for the purpose of being famous. Yeah, I never I, I knew that fame was gonna be an element. Sure. But definitely not the not the driving force. Right. Yeah. No, and anyone who gets into it to for the gets into acting for the sole purpose of being famous, I feel like those generally don't turn out well. Those stories. Yeah, and you have to think that that at the time, we were actually gra- like it was the beginning of that culture. Oh. You know? Yeah. So it was yeah. the be- it was just the beginning of that culture. Yeah. I mean, people at the time, I mean, fame was always understood. I'm talking about my generation. Uh, well, the, uh, the internet did change. Yeah, fame. I mean, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it 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 amplified it mm-hmm. uh, in a in, in a way that no one could 
could could could could foresee. Right. So hmm. I I you know I came of age in a right at the right at the change when 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 fame stopped being a consequence of something remarkable that you do uh. to become the objective of what you do. Mm-hmm. So I grew up in a time where fame was just a result. It was a result of right. a remarkable or a horrible talent. Sure. You know, a horrible thing to do. I mean, yeah. you were you were there were people who were famous and infamous, but they were right. always the con- it was always a consequence of their doings. Of work. Yeah. Of work or the opposite of that, sure. which is destruction, you know, of creation mm. of destruction, right? Yeah, right. But then but then precisely, you know, towards the end of the of the, you know, the the 90s or in the mid 90s then it started to change and then fame became <laughs> maybe a uh, it became the driving force. I mean, it's like I, I, when I was a teenager or or even when I was in, in university, nobody would say, I want to be famous. Like, what do you want to mm. do where you're, when you're a grown-up or whatever you do when you grow? I want to be famous. I mean, those answers no. just started to get maybe in the first decade of the of the 21st century. Right. That's a um, generational thing, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. 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 And, and I say this without, I mean, without any, I mean, it's not a criticism. It's just an observation. Totally. Yeah. I want to be a man of my time, and I want to understand mm. these things as well. And there's a very, there's, there's a very, there are very specific reasons for, 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 for that, for those type of uh, um, answers and, and, and expectations, you know. And, totally. And actually, I'm doing a show right now, the assassination of Gianni Versace, that it's mm-hmm. very much related to yeah. the culture of fame. fame. I mean, Gianni, in a way, yeah, privacy. helped to shape that culture. Right, yeah. I mean, it's interesting. You're talking about the 90s and that shift. It's depicted in such detail. You're depicting a man who had a huge say in the styles of that time period mm-hmm. and whose personal life, it feels like, was political, or at least that's what the show, I feel like it's one mm-hmm. of the points that it's making, mm-hmm. is that this mostly closeted gay man and his work were so intertwined, mm-hmm. his personal, his professional life. And yeah, he was really famous mm-hmm. <laughs> for his work. Mm-hmm. It's interesting that you're saying about you're either famous or you're infamous for destruction because that's what Andrew Cunanan did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's infamous for his yeah. destruction. Yeah, yeah. Did you know going into this project that it would be that like juicy and complex and mm. relevant? I suspected it. Yeah. But you never I suspected it just because of the subjects that were and you know the, the subjects the that were yeah, that, yeah that were were touching on. I mean that mm. that I I and and, 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 it, and it's also something very related to Ryan Murphy's work. Yeah. I mean he I think that one of his, you know, um most remarkable talents is to be so keen and so able mm. to to identify stories that are both dramatically gripping mm. and at the same time they are socially and culturally relevant totally yeah. I mean they're, they're they speak they speak of a zeitgeist he yes. really knows how to capture the spirit of time he's a journalist as well mm-hmm. that's why he started off as a journalist in in Miami so we connected oh, very right. well on that level because because I think I mean there's nothing I think that there's nothing although the show is very political there's no it is. It, I mean, it is. It, it is political by default, is mm. because of what the subjects that we're talking about. Yeah. But it does not. Um, mm. it, it's not a. It's not a pamphlet, which for me is so <laughs> uh, interesting and important. Yes, you know? totally. But um, and that's I think that's the key. That's what makes it so politically interesting. That is not trying to yeah. push or feed you with ideas. I mean, you present 
the facts and the reality and a point of view, and then you make yeah. your own conclusions. And 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 for me, that's uh, that's an um, that's a great accident. I mean, that is the happiest totally. accident. And it still manages to be entertaining, which is part, oh, yeah. part of the key. Yeah. And I do think that between the two American crime stories and also Feud, he's what he's doing is he's depicting a time period, but it's a show about now. It's a show like Versace says a lot about 2018 mm-hmm. as much as it does about the mid-90s. And true mm-hmm. for People for Zoje was a show about 2017 for sure. Mm-hmm. And that's what I do love about his work is that there are two levels to Always. It. There's Always. the story and then there's like this meta like – Exactly, like the audience can kind of read into it what they always when he's. T- I mean, I remember that the first show that 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 caught my attention, and then I immediately became a follower of his work mm-hmm. was Nip Talk, and Nip Talk came out Super, right at the yeah. moment where all this obsession f- with youth mm-hmm. and and beauty started. I mean, it was the exacerbation yeah. of. I mean, be- beauty has all has always seduced humanity and that is that is inherent mm. to our nature for yes. better and for worse you know and all different aspects of beauty but this obsession with um industrialized uh kind mm. of um uh uh cookie cuttered yeah. um you know sense of beauty mm-hmm. that is something that that i think the nip talk uh like really nailed, yeah. You know, and uh, very of its moment. Of its moment, yeah. yeah. And that's and that's what Ryan does. I think that totally. that's the key to his, to 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 his relevance as a as a yep. as a producer and as a filmmaker. And now he's one of the most powerful showrunners. I mean, he's a <laughs> showrunners didn't used to be famous. <laughs> mm-hmm. Someone was saying the other day that Shonda Rhimes and Ryan Murphy are, are now as big as a Steven Spielberg in, in many circles. Yeah, absolutely. That's the, yeah, yeah. where it's trending. Yeah. Did you, um, how'd you get involved? Did you audition for no, the part? No, Ryan called me. Oh, okay. Yeah. And you mentioned that you were friends with Ricky Martin and that he got the his part soon mm-hmm. after you did. Or, yeah. yeah, yeah. But it was completely unrelated to our to our friendship. I actually, a couple of firsts, first times, you know, mm. our, you know, circle this story, uh, when I finally decided to do the series, and 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 and, and we said, okay, yes, let's let's do it. I I I hang up, you know, uh, with 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 my with my work team, and outside of a gallery that I was checking out with Ricky and some friends, oh. um, we had agreed to to go and do a, a gallery tour, and then I got the call, and I said, okay, we're cooking good, perfect, so let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. Mm-hmm. And then Ricky was the first person I told oh, that I was funny. doing the series, and I said, dude, I'm doing, I'm doing Versace, really, oh, good for you, man, it's fantastic, <laughs> blah blah blah, that's great, incredible, blah blah blah. And then, and especially because I mean, I mean, Ricky rose. To, to to super super global stardom during that time, uh-huh. you know. Yeah. So uh, he was probably influenced by Versace himself. Well, I mean, at the time he was working for Armani, so he, you know, he okay. he couldn't go to the shows and I blah, didn't blah, blah. Okay. Yeah, he was campaigning for Georgia at mm. the time, but of course he lived, you know, he lived in Miami. He was, totally. you know, he 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 understood that time, yeah. and he was very excited. And then a week after. Then Ricky texts. He 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 sends me a text and then says, "Guess who just called and invited me for dinner and then to have dinner with him?" And I said, "Who?" Ryan Murphy. And I said, "You're going to be Antonio." <laughs> and I said, "Really? There? He's going to offer you Antonio? So brilliant! It's like I could not even think about. It. It's like I can't, this is so brilliant. He's going to offer you Antonio. I'm completely sure." Amazing. And he said, "You think so?" And I said, "Dude, why else? But you know what? He's going." 
to offer you Antonio. And then they got together, Ugh. and and then he offered him Antonio. And then he asked, um, "Who's who's going to play Donatella?" Yes. And then he oh says, God. "Well, uh, um, uh, uh, you know, an Academy Award winner, an amazing actress, <laughs> uh, Penelope Cruz." And then he says, "Okay, Ryan, I, I can't lie. I'm, I'm very, I mean, I'm very good friends with Edgar Ramirez, and I know uh -huh. that he's going to do Versace." And he says, "Are you guys? Are you guys close? Yeah, we're very good friends." And then Ryan cried. And <gasps> I was like, "I cannot so believe perfect. like everything was so, so perfect." perfect. Um, we do have to talk about Penelope. I think one of the most brilliant things that Ryan did about this show specifically was revealing to the press that it was an Oscar winner, but not who. Like mm -hmm. he said, "Oh, I have found an Oscar-winning actress to play mm -hmm. Donatella," mm -hmm. and having us all guess who it was. And I don't think a lot of people really guessed Penelope. Mm -hmm. Um, and that reveal, like, he could have just said, it's Penelope Cruz, she has an Oscar, but instead he said she has an Oscar and waited, like, a week. Yeah, yeah. That is kind of the genius of Ryan Murphy. Yeah, he's genius. Yeah, he and in that first episode, her entrance, yeah. it's, again, that level of, like, she's Penelope Cruz mm -hmm. and she's Donatella Versace. Yeah, both. Yeah, yeah. What I mean, it? both iconic. Both iconic, and they know each other. Do yeah. you have a relationship with Donatella as well? With Donatella? No, I don't. Oh, okay. No, no. What is it like to work with Penelope in this role? She's, I mean, she's great. I mean, uh, uh, there, there are two levels. Mm -hmm. um, Penelope and I had always wanted to work together, and actually we are doing a movie this year mm. that we set out to do before we both oh, okay. got involved with Versace. Cool. So it was, again, a happy coincidence. But we hadn't met each other personally. We wanted to work together, and we're working on that film, but we, oh. haven't, we hadn't really seen each other. And then, of course, when I found out that Penelope was the actress, mm -hmm. uh, uh, it was, of course, I knew. I knew, even before Ricky, but I couldn't tell. Yeah. So, because uh, Ryan told me. Um, and um, and she, she's so courageous. Mm. You know, she's a very, um, she's, a, she's a risk taker. And um, cool. I think there's nothing sexier than that. Mm-hmm. Um, in, As a scene in any partner. actor, yeah. you know, she, she she really goes for it. She's very very committed, very specific, mm. um, very open. Mm -hmm. At the same time, right, and, right. and 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 today she's one of my best friends. I mean, we became very close, and she's like my sister. I mean, there was something very magical that that it doesn't happen on every show or on every yeah. project. You know, when I mean, you you could have a great friendly relationship with your you know, colleagues with your co-workers. But, but in this case, we all became very close. Absolutely. Yeah. And which, is, which, which also helped with the, with the trust and the abandon mm. with which we play these characters. We really, right. we really trusted each other and we really abandoned ourselves to in each other mm -hmm. while we were performing. So that really helped to, to build, you know, that. I mean, these characters are very close to our hearts. I mean, we feel... We feel very, we never wanted to, although, you know, in spite of all the, you know, the flashiness and the exuberance yes. surrounding the, the, the story and the events leading up to his assassination and, mm -hmm. and, and Versace's legacy and, and, the, and the Versace clan's aura, regardless of mm -hmm. all the exuberance, mm -hmm. we never, no one never, uh, we walked into this, into this project um, with utmost respect and compassion, it was not a, it was never our intention to be campy, to be campy yeah. or sensational or, right. you know, uh, not at all. Right. Yeah. You're depicting sensationalism. You're not being sensational. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, the approach is very has been very contained and yeah. uh, 
and and we and we were all. I mean, we both Penelope, Ricky, and I. We were we were kids from the nineties, right? Yeah. You know, we we saw that that saw that, that shift. You know mm-hmm. that that we discussed earlier, mm-hmm. and we are Latin. Yeah, and 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 and, and Versace understood that, and and Miami really helped to that. Mm-hmm. I mean, he saw right. He he understood clearly um, how Miami would become this beacon of you know di- diversity and mm. and sensuality and sexuality and real estate potential oh, cool. and 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 cultural cross crossroads i mean he knew you know i mean i think that that he saw he saw how how miami would become for the modern world at the time in the 90s what sivaris was for the greek you know for oh, the wow. ancient for the ancient greek you know a place totally. where where hedonism yeah would would be the driving force. And this is a Greek tragedy of a mm, show. To- absolutely. And its style. Absolutely. Yeah. And you guys are filming in the in the mansion. Mm-hmm. Is that have you ever had an experience like that as an actor where you're in the actual place that these events took place, you're playing a person who died there? <laughs> I mean, did that feel like a big responsibility to So so interesting that you so so weird that you're asking that because I have but the first time that mm. I that I that I that I experienced that was with Carlos de Jackal, the French uh, oh. miniseries that I that I did um, mm-hmm. like seven years ago, um, and I went to an actual location where my character killed people. Mm-hmm. So, but here I, I'm just yeah I, I'm just realizing that is that it, that 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 it is the second time that I go through that. But then my character is the one that got assassinated. It's murder, yeah. Wow. yeah. So murder was involved. <laughs> but the first time I was the I was the perpetrator, and this time I my character was a victim. So are you haunted? Are there ghosts involved? <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm Venezuelan. I'm Latin American. You know, I believe in everything uh-huh, and in anything. Uh-huh. So yeah. you know, magic realism is yes. is pretty much a cultural thing That's for us. So. Cool. so yeah. I would love to hear. Does that infl- influence creating? I mean, character? it's you know, it's a it's. It's always a possibility, uh-huh. you know. So, you know, Johnny was Catholic. R- mm-hmm. Ricky, Penelope, and I were raised Catholic. Oh, okay, it's part of the, and we're and we're Latin. So it is right. part of. I mean, oh, this yeah. this this comfort with the unknown. Mm. It is mm. something that is very uh, close to us. Yeah, and, and also this comfort with expressing emotions, which I, which I think is what totally. unifies us as a culture. Because being Latin is not a mm. race; it is a culture composed totally. by many races, religions, and and ethnicities. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think that what binds us as a culture is our comfort with expressing emotions mm-hmm. and also believing in the unknown, which is the two of the biggest tools as an actor that you need to. I haven't think about yeah, to you're right. yeah. I mean, that imagination, and and I keep coming back to curiosity because it does mm-hmm. seem like you are such a journalist in that way, and you must approach each character with like. A curiosity about the research behind. Absolutely. I mean, you must have done intense research about yeah. him. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot to dig into. Yeah, did you dig into the fashion and every everything? Every yeah, everything. It was very journey. it was very important to me um, to to understand uh, the the historical context mm-hmm. uh, in, in in which Gianni Versace not only grew up but in which he right. rose. When he built his mm. company in, right. So that I think that he he totally he was a, I mean he he was a kid from the seventies, 
You know, mm-hmm. he came he came of age in the 70s. Right. So the 70s were, and he captured that that energy. The 70s were run down and sexy. Yeah. Yeah. But the 80s were opulent and conservative. Yes. So um, this is how I see it. The glamour and and sexuality were never married. Uh huh. So there was always mm. two tracks for sexuality and sensuality and being and being glamorous and stylish they were never together okay you know fashion and glamour was something more way more exclusive mm. only for you know the the, the fur ladies of high society that right. would you know be would, would be invited to the showrooms of Balenciaga and Christian Dior and and and, and Yves Saint Laurent and mm. and then and then being sexy and being sexually outspoken and open able to express be able that. to express yeah. yourself sexually through your clothes it was a total different, different. it was a total different and track. not in the fashion world and not in the fashion world yeah. definitely at least not in the glamorous the high, high end fashion, fashion. Yeah. high fashion and yeah. and Jani was able to marry the two okay so he took the he took the rundown element and the sexuality of the mm-hmm. 70s mm-hmm. mixed it with the money, the opulence, money, yeah. you know, and, and, and also the desire to break out from the mm. also the repression of all this money from the from, from the eighties. Right. Also uh, was a result of all this, this this economic explosion and in the mm. and in the nineties everybody went crazy. So he was a designer yeah. for the time. Yeah. I mean we there's there's I mean the amount of money that there was in the world in the nineties would pale in I mean the the amount of money that was in the world today would pale in comparison to yes. the amount of money that it was in the nineties. Right, and <laughs> and and we had just finished the Reagan era mm-hmm. with all this opulence yeah. and all the, but it was opulence with a conservative attitude mm-hmm. towards life. Yep. And then in the nineties, it was explosion. Totally. So people had money and people wanted to express themselves sexually, and he was a designer, right, to channel for that. that. Yeah, and that is empowering. I think that was a lot of his. I don't know if that was his mission so much to empower women or to empower people, but he did it through his designs. Yeah, totally. And he, and he, he wanted he wanted he wanted women to feel to feel as you say um, empowered and mm-hmm. and to be able to express their sexuality and their desire um, through their clothes. Mm-hmm. While and he and he elevated and he elevated sexuality right. to 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 high fashion. Right. Um, and then, and of course, I mean that that didn't came. I mean that didn't come with any with no uh, with no opposition. I mean there was a lot of you know uh, also a, a huge backlash. You know, I of mean course. he was not accepted at the beginning by the by the established and and so to speak uptight conservative you know families totally. of fashion in Milan. I mean he was from right. the south. He was always an outsider. Mm-hmm. He was always an outsider looking looking in. And, um, yeah. and 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 he came from southern Italy, mm-hmm. and for for the northern Italians, especially in the fashion world in, in, in Milan, I mean, he was just this peasant, tacky guy. Yeah. From he's from, always going to be that. He's always going to be that. Right. He's never going to be like us. He's never. And you know, <sighs> he he basically created a culture, right, on his own. And I feel like that's such a recipe for success for so many artists is to mm-hmm. be like a little bit on the outside. Maybe a little bit, yeah, cast aside and to capture some moment. He, he said it. I mean, he said that, that he, he actually wanted to be a music composer. 
Right. Um, mm-hmm. But then his mother basically told him, okay, no, we have this workshop, we have this this, 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 this atelier, and you're great at sewing, so you do this. And then basically for him, the craft was easy mm. because he had the talent and he grew up in it. But he was an artist that chose fashion design as right. his field of expression. But he had he been exposed to other forms of other crafts, of artistic expression, he would have also Done pursued. That. Yeah, and then you can see that's that's why you can see so many, so many forms of of art and entertainment mix. You know, with his yeah. with his work. Yeah, you know, I mean, he, he created. Huh? He was multidisciplinary totally. artist. I mean, he create. I mean, he created this. He created this culture um, for uh, this culture of this this mix between fashion and music and rock and roll and. Yeah. And, and cinema mm. and literature mm. and, and painting. You know, he was the first fashion designer to use uh, opera, you know, right. in his runways. Yeah. So, cool. I mean, he was the first the, the, the first one to use Puccini, um, uh, you know, as, as the background music for his shows. Mm-hmm. There was, that, that now sounds like that's like, like the rule, but at the time it was pretty totally. revolutionary. Yeah. You know? So you're all about putting yourself in the moment of like, I love that idea of, you're not just thinking about him in the 90s. You're certainly thinking about exactly what it was like to be his age in that year in yeah. Italy and then yeah. his age when he was having that breakout success. Yeah. That's how you get into character is you essentially do you work backwards from the script almost back yeah. to – Yeah, because like, for me it is very – especially with biographical characters, yeah. with characters that, 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 that exist or have existed – it is very important for me to first understand the historical context. Mm-hmm. I, I need to understand the era first. Mm-hmm. You know, the era where these characters played out, and then a, some, some 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 sort of like a second circle would be mm-hmm. their lives and their family, right. and then their friends. And I was lucky enough to have I tracked down people who were gotcha. not not I mean no uh, not member of his family because for legal reasons we couldn't do it and I I wouldn't uh. really go through it I mean it's like it, it was a horrible tragedy what this family went through so I didn't want right. to even try to 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 bring this up I mean it's like I I, I didn't want to try to talk to Donatella or no. any other member of the family right um, hmm. but but I but I did try to find out people who were close to him and see if they were willing to open up to me um, anonymously meaning that mm-hmm. I, I know who they are but not, without me revealing because as any journalist I would never reveal my source there you go yeah and then I was I was very lucky to find people who were very close to him and were cool. able to. To open up and to share their thoughts and their feelings and what they saw and what they felt of you know of from Johnny at the time. And does that so that was like the three uh, that inspires you? Yeah, that inspires me. And of course, I I read a lot of literature um, written on him and his documentaries and his books and his designs and 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 in this case, yeah, I wanted to I wanted to really educate myself on on the craft. Right. Do you ever did you ever get in that weird position where you do you're doing the real life research and you're talking about this real life person and then you find something that actually contradicts the script or that you are in a scene and you realize oh this dynamic I have learned in the real world mm-hmm. is not the way it's written here mm-hmm. it's happened yeah and but you have to but, reconcile that yeah but I've been yeah but I've been very lucky to uh, to work with very you know the most thorough writers. Yeah, yeah. And, all, and and also people who are very are they're, they're amazing writers and also and, and directors and, and also very open people. 
Mm-hmm. So I would come and also, you know, share share oh, cool. the knowledge or the result, oh. the results of my of my research with them. Very you know, and cool. that's what I did also on, on cool. the show. And then I love that idea that you get onto the set and you let that um, familiarity with the unknown and with your imagination kind of take hold. That's what you're doing in specific scenes with your partners. That's yeah. All I mean, the we, research is there, and then you kind of let go. Oh, right? well, oh, definitely. I mean, yeah. you, do, you do all this work, and then you 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 pour it into the script, mm-hmm. and then you let it go. Cool. And then yeah. you put it on the back of your head, and then just you know, let's just let it just let it drive you. Yeah, and you just listen to your scene partners. Yeah, exactly. And stare into their eyes. And yeah, because see. in the in, in the end, also when you're when you're playing characters like this, you know, um, whose lives were were will always be somehow in the twilight. You know of mm. things mm-hmm. because, of course, we we are we've been very th- thorough about you know the, the re- everybody everybody has about the investigate you know the investigation and mm. the research and and also the respect that we with which we walked into this, but in the end, the real truth. What is the truth? Mm-hmm. I mean, the truth is a sphere. Yeah, it's not a cool. it's not a it's a sphere. You yeah. know, like the moon. There's always a hidden face, and there's one that you there's one that gets hit by the light. Uh-huh. And then there's always a hidden face, uh. and then that, and the, and the truth has always keeps turning and turning and turning, and then you reveal another another face, yes. and then another one goes in the shadow. That's the truth. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's how I imagine the truth in general, Incredible. you know, as a concept. So and you, so, so we would never know what what, what was Johnny thinking, what was crossing his right. mind. You never know, no. but at least you know you take. The elements, the good writing, the compassion, and you just also make it creative and, yeah. and try to to put yourself in that, in those in those shoes and in and in, 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 in those circumstances, and just let also your 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 empathy do the yes. work. Okay. Because in the end, in, in the end, this is I mean, acting is nothing but a but, but a true act of empathy. Yes. You 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 try to with all its light and with all its darkness, you just try to. To empathize to totally. do that. Yeah. And then we as an audience do that same thing where we, the light catches on the moon in a specific way for us. And we interpret what Gianni is thinking maybe in a mm-hmm. given moment yeah. based on our own stuff. We're doing the same like act of interpretation of this value mm-hmm. and refracting it through our own selves mm-hmm. as an audience. Mm-hmm. And you're doing that as an actor. And I love the idea that you're, you're, you're saying that that is liberating in a way because – it's just about your – you have to bring yourself to it. It's your take, mm-hmm. and you're just refracting what you perceive to be – I love the idea that it's it's a never-ending target in it's a way. It's a never-ending exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and you can't possibly capture the objective reality of what happened, nor mm-hmm. would you want to try. Mm-hmm. It's not really going to Yeah, get because there's nothing, objective about, there's nothing objective about the human experience. Right. And that has mm. been – and that has been, I think – the 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 failure and the mistake of many many social sciences. I mean, you we cannot analyze, we yeah. cannot grab the human experience with antiseptic gloves and yeah. try to dissect mm-hmm. our extent as human beings as we were dealing with with matter. Mm. You know, or 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 we cannot we we cannot be we, we can apply scientific methods yes to to certain extent, but 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 there's nothing objective about the human experience yeah. right. The human experience is composed by many 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 and hopefully more and more and more different subjectivities yeah, and then that mm. will give you an idea of what 
you know, that would give you a, 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 a set of references. But right. but as a journalist, I don't I don't I mean I don't I don't try I don't try to report. I don't think that objectivity it is a value as a journalist. I mm-hmm. think that being broad and being tolerant and being open to mm. other opinions mm. and to other subjectivities, that mm-hmm. is a value as a journalist. Gotcha. And that is a value as an actor as well, I think. Amazing. But not not trying to be objective. I think I think there's trying to be objective when it when it comes down to to human phenomena, I think that is a is 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 a lost battle. It totally is. I mean it's so funny you're saying that because I feel like my purpose maybe on this podcast is to get actors to boil down what they do to a science. And it's just not possible. I love that. Yeah, you can't put on surgical gloves and have you explain to me exactly how you, what's going through your head in a specific moment, all of the preparation that led to some specific moment on this show. It's more about like listeners of this podcast have to just listen to what you're saying and absorb it. And I mean, I do believe in doing it, the homework. I mean, I do believe in the homework because totally. it is fun for me. Oh yeah, oh, I mean, I enjoy, like I enjoy research doing part. research. Mm-hmm. For me, it is, it is, uh, it is. Interesting, and mm-hmm. it is it is fascinating to do it, and it really and I want to be changed after mm-hmm. a character. I want I think that that is the ultimate experience. I mean, I want I want to have the patina of of the experience attached to my body, and then on to the next character. I'm changed after Versace, and right. I was changed after my last character before Versace, mm-hmm. and 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 it's like it's like you you know you 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 want to keep expanding. Yeah. As yeah. you know, your as your your emotional and intellectual horizon, you want them to keep expanding through your characters. Totally. Um, and I enjoy doing the homework. And and there are other there are other actors that um and, and and then I do all the homework and I just put it in the back of my head and, and just go. open up to the experience totally. to what's because because you discover your character also in relation to other characters. Mm. I discovered Jenny because of. Penelope playing Donatella, and yeah. then Penelope discovered Donatella also in 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 relation to Gianni and with Antonio played yeah. by Ricky Martin. We did that totally. We we came with some ideas, mm-hmm. but then we threw those ideas, totally. you know, in the scene, and then and then boom, something some some combustion yeah um, happened. You're learning about the characters. You're learning about the story. Right? Yeah, because we're also the result of our relationships. We are the result of 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 of, of, of the impact that other people mm. have in you. Yeah. So we 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 are we are all inter interconnected, and we're all shaped mm-hmm. not only by our experiences, by but also by the people that are surrounded that that, that, that surround us. And and the same thing Absolutely. happens. Um, with 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 characters, absolutely, mm-hmm. and it sounds like that's what you've taken from this role. Like, is that what are you going to take from this project into the next? Um, J- Jenny was um he was he was like the he was like the sun, he was the sun, and he had all these planets orbiting around mm-hmm. him. Mm-hmm. And once he went away, all this universe collapsed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I think that the thing. The, the aspect that has moved me the most was how family oriented he was mm. and how how able he was to create a world and a culture that it was so over the top for some people right but so fascinating for some others mm-hmm. I include myself in that group mm. it was fascinating he 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 you know there there Normally, when we think about the Roman Empire, 
mm-hmm. we we tend to think about this washed out kind of like beige marble kind of like right. white um mausoleums and mm-hmm. and temples and statues with robes but the reality is that the roman empire was very bright and colorful mm-hmm. it's only the patina of time totally. and the years that have washed out all those colors mm-hmm. but but the gold was bright and the blues were intense and the magenta was explosive and mm-hmm. the and, and 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 the colors it was very very colorful mm-hmm. and he, and he reinterpreted the 90s through Oh, cool. The Roman Empire. Yeah, cool. So in a way, he created his own fantasy of being an emperor mm-hmm. in his world. Mm-hmm. But deep inside, he was a very he was a craftsman mm-hmm. that would go to bed rather early and that would wake up very early and he was a workaholic. Mm-hmm. But he created all this fantasy for the rest of us. Totally. But it wasn't really the way he lived his life. He was way more private and way more uh, calm. And, mm-hmm. and 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 shy that people would ever imagine. When mm-hmm. we think about Versace, in the same way that we think about the Roman Empire, is the the, the, the lush, the, you know, the, the lush and the and the totally. parties and the orgies and the right. and the and the feasts, you know, and the and the color and the and the excess, yeah, and the excess. But um, but Johnny was actually, according to to what you found, what I found, yeah. he was actually pretty much uh, the opposite. I mean, he was very, he wanted to create that world. So he was a mm. true artist and created that world. See, I think that's what many of us expected from this series is we maybe thought it would be, you know, loud and flashy and, mm-hmm. and campy. Mm-hmm. And those elements are in there, but it's not being depicted by the characters and the character dynamics mm-hmm. are the most important part, yeah. I think, of the story. Yeah. And as you say, it's a, it's really a tragedy because it really is about also about this guy who just comes in and and blocks out the sun. Yeah, <laughs> I think I think that I think that that one thing that I take away from 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 this experience and from playing um, Johnny is his optimism. Mm. He was uh, he was an optimist, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and and he and he 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 really he really fought for his vision, mm. you know, and. Uh, and that is something that is very that is very inspiring. Absolutely. And uh, and and he was very convinced of 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 his vision, and he really fought really hard. Yeah. Um. And he wanted also to 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 bring people in, and 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 invite them to to share his vision. And mm-hmm. and and that is uh, I don't know. It's it's, it's fascinating. Yeah. I think that I think I'm still it's still early for me to 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 know exactly how sure. this character changed me. Yeah. But Absolutely. for sure, but for sure, my sensitivity. Uh, expanded, you yeah. know, and and of course I would never look at couture in the same way that I oh, used yeah. to, because yeah, yeah, yeah. now I know how much work goes mm-hmm. into it, you yeah. know, and and how personal. Um, I mean, I've always felt a lot of respect. I like fashion, and I and I and I and I, and I like because I, I like design mm-hmm. and in general. Sure. So and I love history. Yeah, which all plays into which that. all plays into that totally. So um, hmm. and and Johnny did also. So we we kind of like connect there, like on mm-hmm. a personal level. I mean, I connected to the character on a personal level, and uh, and 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 it was a very personal thing to make a dress, and yeah. to him it was a yeah. very personal thing to make a dress. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like you would. Um, it's a beautiful anecdote. I can't remember the details very well, but I think that it was in a, somewhere in the nineteenth. Century. I read it through, you know, during the during the research and also talking to the to the writer, mm-hmm. um, and 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 I think that and I think that it was it, it was part of one of the 
I think it was in the script. I think it was it was one of the lines in the in the in the in the in the series. In the end, it ended up being you know ended up on the on the script that that um, that, l- that lovers you know they would hmm. the lovers they would um, they would attach uh, hair um, to either the letters and also to 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 the medals that would give oh, to right. other lovers mm-hmm. so that you know that that I'm giving you a part of you mm-hmm. you know and then some designers would even oh, cool. put their own hair in thing. the dresses huh so so that so that so so as a as a as, as a manifest yeah. of how close and how personal how organic this dress was yeah. to them and like you said earlier that it's a record of a moment in time too. It's yeah. a record of a. And I think that we as performers also need to do that. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, yeah, you yeah. cannot, you cannot really, you cannot That's really gain doing. anything without giving anything up. Right. You know, you you have to become one with the character, and there's mm-hmm. a there, there's a moment in the present. Any actor, I'm sure that any actor can identify with this. There's a moment that you become one, mm-hmm. and you're losing something, you're mm-hmm. giving something to it, and you're also gaining something. So I do believe in that risk. I Amazing. do believe in in that in that in that um, that exchange. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, awesome. Yeah. I mean, what a feast of a role for an actor. I mean, any actor to be given this so much research to sink your teeth into and all of that. Thank you. Um, this has been awesome. Do, any parting words of wisdom for those at the beginning of their acting career, those aspiring performers out there? Mm. I mean, first of all, um, um, take any advice lightly. Uh huh. Um, good advice in and of itself. Yeah. Yeah, because each career is different. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that more than taking the advice, take the intention. Take mm. the intention and the feeling behind yeah. behind the advice. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, because also every advice also comes with a whole with a whole set of experiences yep. and, and victories and failures. Mm. So I think it's more about the energy than the advice itself. Mm. I don't know if it's if it makes sense, but yeah. I think that it's more it's more about um, even sometimes when a director is directing you and you feel confused oh. um, because of what he or she is telling you, like yeah. it's giving you like contradictory um, contradictory uh, directions. Which forget about sometimes. forget about the direction. Focus on the energy. Yeah. Okay. Focus on the energy of the director. Huh. What? Because the energy is what go, is what's going to give you the clue. Yeah. Okay. Because we're not all very we're not we don't have to all to be articulate and, and know exactly what we what we want. Right. But the energy is the unmistakable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The energy is what you need to put attention to to put your focus on. Totally. And and I think that that's uh, that that and I think that it's the same. Uh, when it comes down to uh, to advice, sure. to advice like take the energy of the advice, yeah, wow, and and try to interpret that, mm-hmm. um, and um, and do I don't know, do the homework, mm-hmm. and 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 I don't know. For me, try to uh, I think that I think that doing the homework and trying to and trying to really get deep um, into the research. Is gonna make you grow so much, mm-hmm. you know, because um, that is your only private experience. And then you take that homework on set, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. then you let the magic happen. But I would say be prepared. Excellent. Be prepared, but not in a way like be prepared for battle. No, be prepared for fun. Ah, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, be prepared that for be prepared up. to be prepared to really let the fire, let the creative combustion happen mm-hmm. on set. Mm-hmm. You know. 
to have more resources to say, okay, the, it, it, didn't, it didn't work this way. Okay, we try another one. Mm-hmm. What's the problem? I mean, there's no, right. there's no tragedy in, in having a bad take. Right. Uh, just Take risks. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Excellent advice. That was excellent, like, philosophical and really practical advice, too. I've never thought of advice as direction, that they're kind of the same thing yeah. in a way. You're, get, you're on set or you're in an audition. Yeah. The director says one thing to you. Yeah. Sometimes if you don't understand, yeah, you can yeah, listen to the, the, just the take, way they're telling yeah, just you. Take the, just, just take the, the, the energy. Yeah. I mean, e- even when you, talk, e- when, when you talk to somebody, when you talk to somebody and somebody tells you something, in focus life. on the energy. Don't focus yeah. on the words. Yeah. yeah. The words are only one level. Yeah, and they're always futile. You can't capture exactly what you mean with words yeah. a lot of the time. Yeah. Well, what a great way to yeah. end. Thank you. Thank you, Edgar. This is great. No, fantastic. Thank you so much Thank for having you. me. In the Envelope, an awards podcast, is recorded at Lotus Productions, Hyperbolic Audio, and Big Yellow Duck in New York City, and Soundbox LA, Mark Grau Studios, and Buzzies in Los Angeles. Like, rate, subscribe, tell your friends, and follow us on Twitter at In The Envelope. Thanks, as always, to producer, editor, and all-around podcast extraordinaire, Jamie Muffet, and thank you to the team at Backstage, the most trusted name in casting. That's Peter Rappaport, Rowan Al-Khatib, Francis Ramos, Caitlin Watkins, Lauren Rout, Mark Stinson, and especially Casey Howe. For more awards and industry coverage, head over to Backstage.com. Thank you for listening. Tune in next time for another glimpse in the envelope. <laughs> <laughs>